Hi, I'm Caroline. And I'm Lennis. We're two engineers who saw a problem. And like any good engineer, we decided to solve it. You see, two out of every five women who earn an engineering degree will leave their field by the 12-year mark of their career. That's a definite problem. We witnessed, and us ourselves were, incredibly talented women who were burning out, which is what brings us here today. We're two women with a mutual passion to help you prevent burnout. In this sophomore season, we're bringing in experts in our fields, difference makers in STEM, to help you truly transform the way you work. So we invite you to take a quick break with us and choose one small step today to prioritize your well-being through this episode. So take a deep breath and let's do it. Welcome to this week's episode of Take a Break, where we are joined by Emma Cowling. Emma is a leadership coach working with women in tech to help them increase their influence and impact to become the strong, authentic leaders that the tech industry needs. She has worked in tech for nearly 20 years, starting as a software engineer and moving quickly into a tech management role where she became responsible for developing people and setting the strategy for future tech developments. After a period of working with academics to commercialize research, she secured funding and set up the 18 million euro Digital Creativity Labs Research Center. Did I get that right, Emma? That's right, yeah. <laughs> and that research center is aimed at connecting academia with the games and media industries. She's always loved developing people, which led her to invest in training as a coach. She now works for herself, delivering training and one-to-one -one coaching to help female leaders in tech connect with what's important to them and tap into the confidence and resilience that they need to show up more authentically and to get out and share their message with the world. Emma, we're so excited to have you join us today. Thank you for being here. Thank you for inviting me. It's great to be on. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I can I already have just from that bio so many questions, but we usually like to kick off our episodes with our guests asking a common thread question. And this is about what do you feel has been the hardest thing about being a woman working in STEM? Yeah, so um I mean, there are lots of tough things, but there's also lots of great things as well. It's probably worth saying that, but the I think the thing that's been part of my journey is the understanding the value I bring and being comfortable with that and that's kind of that's probably why I do this work around authenticity and kind of helping people show up as they am as they are even <laughs> and it's that what what comes through for me in that is that it's that confidence to speak out confidence to say this is my idea. This is what I think. This is what what kind of um, what's coming up in me. And it's it's that willingness to to put yourself out there. And especially in tech, which is male dominated, when you look different from everyone else, mm -hmm. you look kind of and, and you've got different ideas because you've got different life experiences. It's you're much more likely to get shot down. And the my journey has been about being comfortable 
um, being shot down, kind of going, well, okay, maybe they just didn't understand. Maybe, but it's okay to put the idea out there and and then for it not to be perfect or not to be right. And and that's been a, a massive thing for me. And and the reason I think it's almost more exaggerated in STEM and in tech is because of that male-dominated environment. And you're so different. You bring so many different experiences that you just don't value that 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 experience that you bring. Yeah, I, I can I can completely relate with that because um, it's it you're really navigating almost uncharted territory for yourself when you look around and there's you know the the common phrase of I'm the only woman here I'm the only you know whatever um, in my case is like I'm the only woman and the only Latina and the only, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's, it, it's really like shifting that mindset into, and that's why I bring value. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Knowing that you have something, you bring a different perspective mm-hmm. and tech needs those different perspectives and your perspective can open up whole new markets, different products, different, and they might not listen to you straight away, yeah. but it actually, there's still, that doesn't mean there's not value in your perspective. And, and it's that self kind of belief of, of that actually, just because you don't think the same as everyone else, it doesn't make you a lesser person or anything like mm. that. And I think I spent quite a lot of time thinking, oh, I need to be more like them in order to um, bring value to I need to understand what they're doing and put it in their world and everything which that's part of it but with that self-belief kind of makes the, the big difference so for a long time Emma women in STEM have felt that they need to assimilate into the environment to get ahead this is this is kind of what we're touching upon right now and what what you're saying so you focus heavily on the authenticity part as a key of success. And I love that. How do you see this truly breaking barriers for women in tech? So I think like we were just saying, I think there's that element of it brings new ideas. It brings new products. It brings new innovation. So women speaking out and being authentic. And and I think it's worth saying, so by authentic, what I mean is knowing what's important to you and speaking up about it. I don't mean showing up and showing everything about the whole of your life, personal life, letting it all hang out. That That's definitely not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if there's something that's important to you and you've got that thing just coming through, it's like, I need to say something about this, but I don't know if I can. It's being willing to say it and to take that risk. Or if you've got this idea comes to you, think, oh, this could work, but could it? Say it rather than holding back. And that for me, that that leads to the success in and breaking through in, in terms of bringing and showing new ideas, new perspectives, different ways of doing things that women can bring, but also opening up the barriers for other minority groups as well. It's not just women that don't speak out, like you said, being a Latino or being neurodiverse. Um, mm-hmm. I think women are being noticed a bit more and they can pave the way for that. But there's another element of this, which um, I think taps more into um, some of the, the, the theme of the podcast that you have, which is also what does success mean? Mm. So what does it mean to be successful? So me personally, breaking through to success 
doesn't necessarily mean climbing the career ladder, even though the world is telling me that it should. What if my success is actually showing up more as who I am and doing the things that I believe in, allowing my creativity to come through, make a making a difference in people's lives? That if, if that was my definition of success, then that's where showing up authentically makes a real massive difference. And yeah, that, that's kind of the, the two angles that I take to that question. <laughs> my, my heart is making a happy dance right now with that answer <laughs> of success because it's like, yes, I know how it feels when you kind of shun the voices of this is the path to success and it kind of that narrow vision of what it looks like. Yeah, and I think this is really delicate uh, path to tread, right? Because so much of our conversation collectively is how do we get more women into executive roles? How do we get more women into the C-suite? How do we get more women into those decision-making uh, seats, right? And that's obviously one of the objectives, but also one of the objectives is just having more women um, yeah. in, in these spaces, Altogether, and having that authenticity uh, really ensures that women don't leave, right? Mm -hmm. That women mm -hmm. aren't exiting the workplace, and mm -hmm. that they feel like they are contributing in their definition of success. And as we raise those collective numbers, then we can start to really fuel that fire towards the advancement of women up the the career ladder who desire that, right? And I think that was something that really. Um, I struggled with was, well, what if, what if I don't want that, that career path, right? I don't want to, I don't want to climb up this like technical operations role and become a plant manager and then become, you know, a, a VP of maintenance and engineering. That was what the, the set career path had been made for me. And I, I felt like, a, a little bit of a token and that it just was misaligned with my authentic self and the things that I cared about. And I think part of that answer is the authenticity so that women can show up mm -hmm. just in general. I, I think there's a, a bit in that as well, which is that when we start showing up from our own self, from our own kind of truth, opportunities emerge that might not have been there otherwise so instead of kind of thinking I need to go along this career path and go into that role I've seen things where job roles have emerged for women um or not just women as well but job job roles have emerged for people where it's like oh that's what you bring well we could fit you here and that would make a real difference and so instead of I mean you do go up the, the career and, and up the ladder but it's a different ladder. And so that's mm -hmm. again, where that breakthrough comes. It's like, oh, we'd not thought of reconfiguring the company in that way. Actually, let's try it. And, yeah. and that, that just changes the conversation completely. So while we're on this topic, I want to dig a little bit more into the ladder, so so to speak, or the jungle gym. I love the jungle gym analogy, right? Uh, that you can climb all over the place. But with your experience and based on the experience of the women that you work with, what do you think is hampering opportunities for advancement when we have this great wealth of, of talent, of untapped talent in the women uh, who are working in tech? What are, what's hampering that? So I've got sort of two perspectives on this. One is the the what's in the, the workplace. That's the actual the external bit. So the hmm. I think a big part is that tech has been designed by men 
because it's it's men who've predominantly been in there they've created the rules they've created the this is what you need to be in order to be successful so we we think we've got to tick those boxes and they kind of create that definition of success and then we buy into it and that's the other bit which is then we say oh okay i need to tick all these boxes in order to be successful so that that's the two angles that we don't have to buy into it and if we stop buying into it we might choose to play the game but we don't have to make it that that's what we need in order to believe we're successful um and then once we're if we're if we're aware of that we can play the game and start changing it from the inside um but it, it's the 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 it definitely is important to recognize that that's not saying that we just need to change ourselves actually there is a big structure and a set of processes and a set of the fact that um, tech and stem recognizes logic achievement kind of pushing yourself going beyond um there's there's so many elements which are in there as written unwritten rules of kind of how do you get successful at tech which i think come majority from the engineers and the techie people that have set it up um and we we don't have to tick all those boxes and there's that interesting mm -hmm. fact, isn't there, that um, women tend to look at a job spec and need to kind of say, yes, I do all of them before they'll apply for a job, whereas men will just kind of go, yeah, I tick 30%, so I'm, and I don't know what the figure is, but I'll go for it. We're applying that in so many different places as well. It's not just about the job applications. We're kind of going, oh, that that job role up there, I don't tick all the boxes, so I'm not going to push myself into it when a, a very junior guy will come along and apply for it and get it. And you think, how did that happen? So that that definitely hits home. And I've just been <laughs> seeing a lot of your posts lately. And one specifically that you posted recently was about going to a tech conference and that everyone was wearing like black. <laughs> and that you were just remarking on how uh, obvious it was that that is, that is the male tech stereotype, right? Is black hoodies, you know, and, and, and how, you know, show up in bright colors, show up and, and, and be a little bit different or wear the black hoodie if that's your jam. <laughs> so now it's time to shift and ask our burning question of the week. As we look to the future, Emma, what do you foresee as being the biggest barrier for women in STEM to work together to overcome? So the bit that is coming out for me at the moment, a lot of the discussions I've been having in my mentorship program and elsewhere is around um, supporting women through women's issues. And, and, I, and what I mean by that is, so PMT comes up, but also menopause is in a big discussion at the moment. Uh, pregnancy, uh, miscarriage, childcare, these things that are typically associated with women and what a woman takes time out of her career for or it affects the way that she shows up and there's they're just not talked about and by not talking about them we're not finding solutions for them we're not finding a way to incorporate them into day-to-day -day life and that that means that in some cases women are holding stuff back coping with things getting through things and not performing at their best whereas if they had more of an understanding and more it's felt like they could talk about these things more they felt like they could go and sort of explore it more you'd get a lot more out of them so i think as women we need to find a way 
to have those conversations and I amongst ourselves to start with but also with our male colleagues and and I've been challenged on this of should it just be women in the room having the conversations to start with well we need to get comfortable about it <laughs> we, we struggle to talk to ourselves with each other about it but also definitely kind of speaking to men about and helping them understand some of this and changing the policies changing the processes and my hope in that is that that also changes the experience for men because there's a lot of stuff that men struggle with that they're not talking about which is similar so you there is male menopause that exists there's um, men wanting to take care of their kids when someone um, miscarries the husband gets or the partner gets affected just as much let's not pretend about that so there are so many elements that we're just not talking about that affect people's performance in the workplace and I think as as women, we can start having that conversation and being more open with each other and then take that more into the, the workplace itself. And I really appreciate you bringing this up because that is a conversation that um, we are trying to have more and more. And I remember a recent experience where I was talking specifically about our hormonal cycles and um I was inviting people to come to my talk. I was doing this presentation at a conference and someone uh, looked at me kind of like I had five heads because she was uncomfortable with the conversation. So I felt for a second, uh oh, this is not going to go well. I'll probably have five people show up. But I felt so proud because it was full and standing room. Like people were standing. They were ready to at least open up that door, be curious and listen. So I truly appreciate that that you mentioned this. Mm. Yeah. I think it's an interesting frontier of, you know, women want to be viewed as equals in the workplace. And so we try to be men in order to be equal, right? And I think that the future is in taking the strengths of everyone and allowing them to shine. And it it's going to mean getting things wrong sometimes, right? And it's going to mean getting things really right at the end of the day. But I know it's a process and I know that it means that we have to be having these conversations, the uncomfortable conversations and, and voicing our concerns and continuing to be steadfast in those concerns so that we can get to a point where we are productive, right? Where we are our most productive selves and we're taking advantage of everything that makes us productive. And, and that's where you look at it, isn't it? It's the, the, the end goal of the organization is to get the, the best out of your employees. And if you can get that extra factor more from, from just taking that time out to understand, oh, right, then they're struggling but what can I do to to kind of help them through that so that they then show up at their best that that's the bit that we're missing well I, I love um this is a, a great place to transition because showing up as your best self I think this is something that uh, we love to share in our episodes at the end one habit one tip something that we can do to prioritize our energy to manage stress and just care for our feminine self. So this season, we want to include our guests and uh, to be part of this fun. So Emma, could you share with us what is one small step that you 
do to take care of yourself? So the first thing, when I notice that I'm putting too much pressure on myself, which is usually the thing that pushes me into overload, there's a question which is, how can I make this an experiment? What's there here that it's almost like if I take that pressure off and get curious, get interested, make it fun, make it a game, how can I experiment with something so that I no longer have to deliver the perfect end result? Mm. And just as a little example, um, one of the things that um, I've experimented with a lot is the how am I more productive when I take time out for me? So it's just a it's a question. It's not saying I am more productive when I look after myself or not. It's kind of, well, let me just see if I take a bit of time out for me. Absolute permission, guilt free time out to experiment. Am I feeling better as a result of that? And then that time out might be doing some art or going to yoga or going for a run. And that's that's then the question of what to do. But it's kind of that take the pressure off. Let's just see. Is it better? And and the more I've done it, the more I've discovered, yep, I'm more productive when I do that. <laughs> That's wonderful. And it's, mine kind of plays into that same theme of productivity. And what am I doing to make sure that in the grand scope of things, I am my most productive self? Recently, I've been struggling with some illness and I still have some lingering mindset of if I'm not working, I'm failing, right? If I'm, if I'm not putting in the eight plus hours a day, then I I'm a slacker. I'm lazy. I'm not living up to my own expectations. And, but I also hold this belief that like our bodies, when they're ill, they need to rest, right? The best thing, the most productive thing that we can do is rest. And so over the past week, I have been really trying to give myself a lot of grace as I've been battling different, you know, upper respiratory infections and whatnot of reminding myself that my worth is not tied to my vocation and that I am my most productive self when I can rest and ensure that my body can heal. And because we're so focused on the, the health of our nervous systems in uh, the work that we're, that Lennis and I are doing, this is something that I have to be so intentional about reminding myself is that my body needs to rest. I need to spend time in that parasympathetic response so that my immune system can do what it needs to do. And so my encouragement to our viewers is remind yourself of that. Take the time off from work. Don't try to multitask by working at home. Do yourself a favor and get some sleep and nourish your body and get it back to healthy. Oh, my goodness. I, I love that advice from both of you. It's so inspiring and kind of in line with what I wanted to share this week. And this tip is I am. Um, I know we've discussed in the past on the podcast about naming your inner critic, right? Or um, naming your, I call someone that for me, since I've already dabbled a lot into this self-exploration and consciousness, I call it my ego. So she has a name and um, she's named Patricia. Nothing against the Patricias. I keep apologizing, but it's like, that was the name that came up. But um, this week I've actually been playing with the other side and naming that side that is more nurturing on you, that is more caring for you, 
uh, in the you know self-development world, we call it the higher self, the one that really has your back. So I think of it like the devil and the angel on your shoulders that we saw in cartoons. So I decided to name her. So that way, it's like when Patricia or, or that inner critic is really having a fit, I say like, just let Tanya take over. So Tanya is just going to be taking over here. You're going to be taken care of and you're going to be safe, but she's going to. So I'm kind of created myself into a middle middle woman in, in this uh, debate between these two people. And, and, and it's kind of been fun to play with that. So if you find yourself, I will, I will invite the audience with this, like really supportive part of you, as Caroline, you were mentioned, really giving yourself some grace, just bringing that person more, bringing that angel a lot more into the conversations mm-hmm. that you have in your head. Well, there you have it. Which habit will you choose to prioritize this week? Share with us by commenting on the video or the podcast or tagging us on social media. We'd love to hear. Thank you, Emma, for joining us this week. Please let us know how the audience can connect with you. So on LinkedIn is probably the easiest way. I'm just Emma Cowling. You should be able to find me pretty easily. Um, But I also run a Facebook group called Authentic Visibility for Women in Tech, which you are welcome to come over and join and get involved because we do lots of discussion around kind of these elements as well in there. All right. Three, two, one. Wow, what an incredible conversation. We hope you found this to be inspiring and encouraging in your own journey. If you're feeling called to continue the conversation, reach out to us. My specialty is in helping individuals and organizations create truly effective plans for burnout prevention and manage the change to get them from point B, burnout, to point P, performance. You can learn more and find me at MiltonCC.com. My specialty is in wellness engineering, and you may ask, what the heck is a wellness engineer? Well, I hope you stop trying to fit in and connect with your most authentic self so you can have more impact, fulfillment, and enjoy each day of your life. You can learn more and find me at lettuceforest.com. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button to catch each new episode. And while you're here, why not check out some of our past episodes as well? Until next time, be well and don't forget to take a break.